Hello and welcome to Epic Healing Transformations. The purpose of this podcast is to create a safe place to heal, transform, and evolve. Your host, Michelle Manning, is the creator of the Quantum Soul Clearing Process. Each week, we'll be bringing you new and innovative ways to heal and transform every area of your life, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially, so you are free to bring your gifts and talents into the world, to become the best version of who you are designed to be, and to help revolutionize the world. This show will inspire you, lift you, connect you, and give you access to the most cutting-edge healing resources anywhere on the planet. This is the Epic Healing Transformations Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Epic Healing Transformations. I am Michelle Manning, your host and curator for this show. Today, I'm so excited. We have got Linda J. Wells, who I have worked with personally. This is going to be one of the best shows we've ever done, and I'm sure that she will be back over and over again. Linda actually began using EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, back in 1999 when it was almost brand new, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She uses hypnosis on phobias and traumas to help people overcome their blocks to success. She actually has a master's degree in counseling education and has been trained and certified in EFT in clinical hypnotherapy. She's a Reiki master, a licensed minister, a clairvoyant, and she's also a certified Doreen Virtue Angel Card Tarot Reader. And she has been trained and certified by Margaret Lynch to teach her Tapping Into Wealth program. With more than 30 years of experience as a counselor and trainer, her compassion and intuition guides and supports her clients and holds the space for their inner journey to create change in their lives and their businesses. She specializes in helping spiritual entrepreneurs magnetize their money mojo, which I have absolutely loved, (laughs) and in changing their inner money story so they can shine their light, share their gifts, and make more money. Thank you for being here, Linda. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) I have worked with you personally and Mm -hmm. our work together has been, oh my gosh, life changing. So (laughs) tell me your story. How did you actually get into doing what you're doing? Because I think you have one of the dark night of the soul stories that might inspire a few people. Yeah, we don't have enough time to go into all that. But, you know, I've been kind of dabbling in self-help since I was a kid. Grew up with some, you know, trauma. My dad was physically abusive and my parents weren't that emotionally outward, let's say. Mm -hmm. And just like a lot of people, especially healers, have their similar journeys, right? Mm -hmm. And as a little kid, I always thought that because people used to come to me with their problems that I should just be a psychiatrist then. As I grew older, you know, my path took twists and turns as they do. Oh, yeah. And I did go on and get my master's in counseling. But again, my path took twists and turns and got more into education, training, uh, especially higher education and older women returning to school, did a lot of counseling with them and worked in a domestic violence shelter, you know, all kinds of experiences. And I moved to California in the early 90s. And I thought, well, this is my chance. I'm going to really dive into the profession that I expected was <laughs> my path. Right. And California has really strict requirements and wanted me to go back and get a second master's or PhD. And I wasn't going to do that. So I enrolled in training to be a hypnotherapist. Uh-huh. 
you know, I've always been kind of out of the box anyway. And it was there that I actually learned about EFT. Okay, so this is a funny story. Um, (laughs) As funky and kooky, I always consider myself, when I first saw the demo of EFT, I thought this is just way too weird. Right. (laughs) I did too. I'm looking at that going, really? Yeah. She actually did a demonstration to rid people or clear people of their addiction to chocolate. And I would say three-fourths of the class got up there to do it. And I was like, I like chocolate. I'm not going to clear that. And this is too strange. Hilarious. So I passed, but I took really good notes. And a few weeks later, maybe it was a few months, I don't exactly remember, but late 99, early 2000, I had a fall the year before that gave me two frozen shoulders. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch is right. Feels like acid going down your arms. <laughs> and so I was sitting at the computer. I was trying to do some work. I had a business then, a healing business. And this little voice came into my head and said, why don't you try that tapping thing? So I thought, oh, well, what the heck? So I got my <laughs> notes out. <laughs> And I started tapping, and honestly, I was like 18 minutes later, all the pain was gone. And like I said, it's 99-2000, and it's not come back. Oh, my gosh. So I am a total devotee of EFT. Yeah. I've seen it work, work, work on so many things over the years. Well, you know, it's interesting. And I just want to say, because initially when I when I did it, it was, I mean, very similar, like, really? This is, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, sure, this is going to be cool. (laughs) I'm not sure what on earth I was thinking, but hey, alrighty then. (laughs) And it was like, okay, whatever. And for me, at the time, it didn't feel like it really resonated. I don't know why. But it was interesting because once I started, I think it was Margaret Lynch, actually, when I kind of found her, suddenly something clicked and it was like, oh, there actually mm. is a shift in here. And so I actually took her certification program too, which I thought was fabulous. She's got such a way of doing things that is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about that with you specifically because you followed through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh now. <laughs> yeah, we laugh. But it was for me, it wasn't until I want to say probably 2014 that I really started to get into it. And then it was like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, how did pe- how do people live without this? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating to me that it took so long. And then once, it was like I had to get used to it or something. Yeah. Is that typical? I think it is. I mean, I mean what's typical, right? Oh. It's like saying something is normal. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, sure, bring that but, up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's less, the word jarring comes to mind. Um, I think it's less of an of a weird thing now because it just seems like more and more people have heard of it or have seen it or know somebody who does it. More therapists are using it. It's not so far out of the box anymore. Yeah, yeah. But back in the late 90s, we barely had computers. So the idea that there was energy running through your nervous system that created these blocks 
right? Mm -hmm. And that you could actually clear those blocks you've had your whole life, (laughs) not just physical, but emotional and, you know, to help you with your performance, you know, to be a better, a bigger success. Mm -hmm. That was just too, too weird. Yeah. Yeah. Woo woo. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and I do woo I mean I can go as far down the yeah. hole as, as oh yeah I, <laughs> you and I have worked together you know how far down yeah. that rabbit hole we yeah. can go <laughs> no me me too and that's why I was a little surprised at myself when I rejected it outright but then you know the spirit has a way to get you to do what you're supposed to do so <laughs> isn't that the truth and the understatement mm-hmm. of the universe <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about this tapping into wealth because, and tell our listeners, because that has been absolutely life-changing for so many people. Finding those hidden, and we call them money programs, but honestly, it's way more than that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, for me, money is a gateway, (laughs) gateway drug. (laughs) It's the gateway to all the underlying issues that actually then show up in your money. So if you say, well, I have a money problem, you don't have a money problem. You have a problem somewhere else in your life. And I guarantee you that problem is showing up in your money. So if you, you know, if you're having problems in your relationship or in your health or even in your spiritual life, turn around, look at your checking account, and I guarantee you it's reflecting it. So that's why tapping into well goes into those backline issues. And out of that work comes confidence and willingness to be visible, willingness to show your true inner self and shine your light so that people see you and hire you. And then the money comes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like peeling back that onion. But go back, you said something really powerful just a second ago. You said, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but you said something about money as a symptom. It's not, how did you say that exactly? It is a symptom. So it's a symptom of whatever is going wrong, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, Mm -hmm. in your life, your relationships, your health, your spiritual life, your work, they all can reflect into your money. So if you're having a bad time with your partner, look at your checking account and I bet there's something going on there. But you can turn around and say, oh, I'm having a problem with money. No, not really. (laughs) Look at this, you know, look at the problem you had when you were a kid. Look at all the programming that your parents gave you. Oh gosh, yeah. As a gift, right? (laughs) We'll we'll go with that gift word. the traumas. And, you know, I do a lot of work with matrix and matrix re-imprinting. And the concept behind that is that all these little things that have happened to us throughout our lives turn into little trauma capsules that hang off of us. And I always see them as floating around in our aura and sometimes attaching themselves to us so that it's almost like a bite, a bug bite or something that, oh, I got to get this off. You know, I've got to do something about this. And most people don't know how to do that. Mm. So they just kind of gloss over it and becomes bigger and bigger problem. And it shows up in all kinds of really devastating ways. I know that through the work that you and I have done together, that is the absolute truth. And it was fascinating to me. I met you through another colleague and you were on a conference call that I was on and it was just like, oh my gosh, I just knew that I needed to work with you and I needed to talk to you. It was fascinating to me how within just you know a few minutes of our first conversation, you had just nailed 
everything. And I thought, Uh, holy mackerel, this is uh, (laughs) powerful. And one of the first things you and I did was what you call ancestral clearing. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Think about a problem, an issue that you've been stuck with for a long time. And it seems like no matter what you do to try and rid yourself of it, to clear it, to solve it, it just keeps hanging on, hanging on. I know that Every one of them has had something like that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it used to be that just tapping sometimes would take care of it. You know, if we could find that emotional core issue. Mm -hmm. But with ancestor clearing, what you're doing, you're actually through a guided visualization, you're going back, you're creating a sacred fire, you're inviting your ancestors to have had the same problem in their lives to come in to join you around this sacred fire and to each and everyone clear the issue for yourselves, for your ancestors, for the timeline, not only going back, but through the present and the future. And miraculously, and I don't use that word lightly, Mm -mm. but miraculously, it seems to clear issues for people. Well, I was going to say, you know, when we did ours, I don't even remember. I know that you took detailed notes, but for me, it went back multiple generations. And oh yeah, science has definitely proven that a lot of these energies get passed down and inherited generation after generation and generation. It does imprint into the DNA and the RNA and we get stuck. We get super stuck. So Mm -hmm. going back though, and I would love your opinion on this. To me, it almost, when we've done this work together, it feels like it's literally changing history. Does that resonate at all with you? Absolutely. How could it not? I don't know that you can actually have a back to the future moment, you know, <laughs> right? or, you know, sometimes I start to wonder and second guess things and think, okay, you know, is this like a time turner from Harry Potter where you can't reveal yourself, you can't change anything? Or is it like Star Trek when you can't change the prime directive, you know? <laughs> so I know, right? I worry, I worry about these things. What can I say? I do too. <laughs> but then I merely go along and do it anyway. <laughs> but, well, okay, I've seen things change. I've seen people who have had lifetime abusive relationships with parents, yeah. one or both parents. Yeah. And after doing some work in the matrix and with tapping in the wealth, where we actually do work on early family paradigms, their relationship with said parent is changed. And sometimes it's subtle, but also sometimes it's very, very dramatic. Like getting an email out of the blue saying, you know, I'm worried about you. How are you doing? I love you. Forgive me. You know, it's like, what? Who is this? How's this happen? Who is this? And what have you done with my parents? (laughs) But I mean, it works not just on parents, but the work that you do. I mean, it's with anybody in your life. Isn't that correct? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Parents are easy to identify because, the, the, yeah, pardon me, they're the, easy the is usually pretty significant. <laughs> it's, it's unmistakable. Right. <laughs> we laugh now. <laughs> no, they're easy targets. But think of all the people you've had an interaction with your entire life. Oh, yeah. Right. How many times has somebody said something offhand, doesn't even have to be in a purposeful way, that has cut you to the core? Oh, yeah. And to be able to go back and change the outcome so that you're not hurt, so that you're empowered 
just either stand up for yourself or to change the conversation or we have all kinds of magical tools we can use to keep people from actually getting hurt either emotionally or physically yes and i can hear my skeptics out there going really mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that just sounds like it's just so woo it's just so i know <laughs> And I play down that rabbit hole all the time. And even I was like, wow, is it really that simple? Is it really that simple? And I was absolutely shocked at some of the things that happened. And, you know, Linda and I started working together May of this last year. Mm -hmm, I think so. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking 2018. And I had gone through some really, really difficult times. We'll use that. We'll use that mm -hmm. euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of betrayal, a really ugly divorce, just, I mean, some pretty traumatic energies. And I wasn't bouncing back. I wasn't thriving. And it's like, I need some help, but I wasn't sure where to go. And so when I heard her voice, it was just like, I think this is my next step. But it was fascinating to me that within just three months, the turnaround that happened in my life as far as job opportunities, you know, opportunities for my career, my business just reignited like nobody's business. I wouldn't be here doing this podcast today. I don't think if it was no. for you, to be honest. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Seriously. And it was just it's delightful. It was just like magic. And I thought, oh, people need to know all about this because you really, you really have a gift with energy work and with energy healing. And it's so significant. I, it was unmistakable in my own life. What are some of the things that this type of work actually helps? Like I said before, the gateway is your money. So most people come to me because they want to make more money. Mm -hmm or they're just not having a good relationship with money and they want to change it. They're ready for that turnaround, that transformation, because I've been there, you know, I, I used to have a terrible relationship with money. I used it to buy love. You know, I would pick up the check at restaurants or I would buy gifts or on and on. And it, put me further and further into a black money hole, yeah, right? right? And actually, it was after I learned tapping that I actually started working on this and went to several different sources for changing that relationship. I think that the thing that really had a big effect was when I found the tapping in a well, because it goes really, really deep. You know, people always use that word deep dive, which I think sounds kind of scary. <laughs> But, um, uh -huh. <laughs> but it really takes you through, you know, what you learned as a child and what kind of beliefs you adopted, what kind of things people, especially your parents told you about, for example, goals that you might've had when you were a kid and they'd make fun of you or it wouldn't go well. And you just never had a positive experience about them. Right. And the tapping into wealth and then the matrix can really help with changing that so that your relationship to money becomes a positive one, becomes a loving one. I love that. Yeah. When you talk about the matrix, I mean, a lot of people are like, Ooh, the matrix, that was a really cool movie. Um, yes, it was. <laughs> it was, it was actually a primer for all of the energy work that we're doing. That's another <laughs> story altogether. <laughs> Um, but when you say the matrix, what do you mean? All right. So it's a band of energy. Mm -hmm. And like where you are sitting right now, this is your conscious self. This is present time, right? Mm -hmm. You're grounded, hopefully. And 
<laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and sitting in your place, you know, and just being in the now. And then there's a band of energy above that. It's called the matrix. And that's where we go to play with our past lives. We can go there to return back to our childhood and repair the things that have happened to us, uh, repair those trauma capsules Hmm. and heal them. And so that it goes forward then through the timeline. So if you had a really bad experience in school one day and the teacher told that because you couldn't solve a math problem that you were really stupid and you spent your whole life thinking, I'm stupid, I don't know math. And all of a sudden you go back and the teacher says, well, you don't know this problem because you don't have the formula. And this actually happened to me. You and me both. <laughs> we was just thinking, did you pull that from our session? <laughs> no. I laugh now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, you know, then you go back and you change that so that you have a positive experience with that teacher and he shows you how to do the problem so that you have success in algebra. And then today I am not scared of math anymore. My whole life, I've been terrified of math. You know, I've always said, I don't know math. I can't do math. That's not my thing. I'm a writer, you know, take your math and go. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm actually curious. I'm listening to Neil Harris, the astronomer, and I listen to his show and I actually get curious. Yeah, you need math, but it's it's expanded my world. And I wouldn't have done that before. So it seems maybe trivial because how is that helping me in my life? But if you can grow and expand your mind, isn't that worth it? I mean, to me, it is. Yeah. And to me, it is because if you've got something, at least in my opinion, if you have something that is stopping you, I mean, math is a pretty significant skill set to have, especially if it comes to sales or, you know, adding it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's an important skill set to have, period. And, you know, I remember I had a brilliant, absolutely brilliant teacher in junior high school that actually took us into algebra two. And he said, I really don't think you need because I had never had geometry. And he said, I really don't think you need it. You're smart enough to pick it up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get into this class and I'm past the first semester in high school, in my sophomore year of high school. And we get into this geometry. I felt confident in the algebra part, but we hit something that I just didn't know. And so I kept raising my hand, you know, how do you do this? Can you explain that? You know, this is fascinating. And I must have just pissed him off to no end. Mm. And he looks at me, but rather than taking me aside after class or, you know, having a private conversation with me, he looks at me in the middle of class and he goes, pick up your books and go to the office. You are too stupid to be in this class. (gasps) And besides that, girls don't need math. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Humiliated, absolutely humiliated. And I went to the office just in tears, just bawling my eyes out. And do you know, I could not even balance my checkbook after that. Sure. I mean, huge, huge trauma. And it seems so trivial now, but it shaped my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm just no good at this. I'm just no good at this, which was not true. And, you know, I was really fortunate. I decided to go back to med school and I thought, oh crap, I got to do math. I'm going to have to figure (laughs) this out somehow. (gasps) And and I'm just, I'm so traumatized by this. And I was so fortunate to have this amazing, amazing teacher. And she sat down with us and she actually explained and she had these little bags of candy, you know, those little runt fruits. (laughs) 
<laughs> she said, okay, so there's different numbers of candies in each one of your bags. So you need to count them out and we're going to call oranges R because, you know, we don't want to confuse it with a zero. And I'm like, oh, that makes really sense. And apples are going to be A and Bs are going to be banana. And, you know, C is going to be the cherries. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. And it still wasn't clicking yet. And she said, now write down everything. And lo and behold, it was like, oh my gosh this suddenly made sense. And I thought, I'm not stupid. And it, it changed my life. It changed my self-esteem. It changed everything about me. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know. So it was fascinating to me that you would pick the math problem for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are no accidents, right? <laughs> No, exactly. So in that matrix work, yeah, we've talked a little bit about some of the things that it can do. What are some of the miraculous things that you've seen with people? Because there's just so much that it can do. Gee, I can't choose one thing. That's the thing. Well, there's one client that I've been working with for a while, for at least a year. And one thing that's happened to her is that she's doubled her income. Oh my God. And she was already pretty successful. You know, she was doing a six figure business, but low six figures. And she was just not clicking with growing the business, even though that's what she consciously wanted. And of course, she knew how to do it. It wasn't a matter of the skill set, it was a matter of the inner beliefs and really traumas that had happened to her throughout her lifetime that held her back because who does she think she is? Right. You know, why can't you be satisfied with what you've got? You know, <laughs> why do you have to grow anymore? Yeah. You've already got more than most people, you know, and a lot of that is the healer's dilemma, right? Oh, yeah. And so we cleared a lot of her money stuff, some trauma, just some trauma work, and she doubled her income in just a little over a year. Wow. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. You said something really profound. It really is the healer's journey. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about that because I've been in the spiritual community forever. And it seems like so many entrepreneurs, especially spiritual entrepreneurs, just struggle so profoundly. What is that? Well, I see it as coming from a number of sources. Part of it is our own inner critic, you know, telling us that we don't need to be any more visible, that we're going to, you know, somebody's going to kill us or persecute us. And, you know, they can go back lifetimes mm-hmm. because I don't think you just walk into this life and become a healer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Without ever having experienced it before. So, you know, it's probably, from what I see, it's lifetimes of persecution. That has been my thought. And it feels like there's something else to it also, though. No, I think that also as healers, we take a vow, right? Whether consciously or subconsciously, that we are to be of service. And if you're of service, how can you charge more than you absolutely need, you know? It's not spiritual to earn a lot of money. I think we just found something else I need to clear. (laughs) (laughs) There was something you just said that and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. You're not alone. And we have a lot of bad examples of supposedly religious or spiritual figures who make a lot of money and our charlatans are just, you know, sometimes even evil people, <laughs> you know, they're not good hearted. So we don't have any role models of people who are walking a spiritual path and are being of service and doing good work that I can think of. Can you? It's definitely easier to find those examples, you know, the Jim and Tammy phase and <laughs> mm. you know, I, I am aging myself. <laughs> 
but I mean, the, you know, send me all your money and God will bless you more. And you know, that yeah. just feels so out of integrity. And back then in the olden days when dinosaurs roamed the earth and we lived in monasteries <laughs> In, in other in other lifetimes, we lived in religious orders where every one of our needs were met. We didn't have bills to pay. We didn't have car payments or house payments or kids to put through college. We just didn't have that. That's right. And so having bills, you know, having to charge, those services were tithed and they were tithed to the organization to help support us in general. And we all took vows of poverty or vows of you know, service that didn't include vows of payment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the soul looks at those as an internal vow. So yeah, I can see how we get really, really stuck and unraveling that specific puzzle for each and every one of us looks different. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I was just thinking about in current times, you still have ascetics or people who kind of travel around and yeah. do sermons. Even the Dalai Lama, I don't think is a rich man. You know, the money goes to his organization and he travels around. People pay for his travel and his lodging and his food. And, you know, he doesn't have a big wardrobe. <laughs> so No, he probably so, does not. You know, <laughs> Look how happy he is. So it's kind of a conundrum, really. Do you need to have a lot of money to be happy? No, but I would like to be more comfortable. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't have people paying my way around the world yet. Yet it, somehow viscerally it feels wrong. You know, even as I'm talking about it right now, I'm getting this like charge <laughs> in my body. <laughs> it's like, Linda, you can't charge a lot of money. I think that really is the journey of the healer is figuring out even for ourselves what the answer is. Mm -hmm. And I also think this is why we need one another. That's why I do this show. I do this show because we all need one another and to have this as a resource for people to understand, you know, who to go to. And I'm really picky about who I work with because of that. You know, I'm very particular about who I have in my energy field because of the contamination thing that anyway, whatever, that's a whole, that's a whole different. Well, it's whole not different. just that, Michelle. It's everybody is kind of in alignment with different people. Absolutely. So you and I might be a good fit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Jane Doe over there might not be a good fit for either one of us. And that's okay. There's somebody else out there that is for her. Yeah, that's a much better way to say it. We all have our own ideal clients. Yeah. There's no competition. It's funny that you say that because I was just on a call the other day and it's like, you need to be really careful about who you bring on your show because there's going to be competition. And it just, it struck me as so funny because I don't believe that. I just don't believe right. that. There are 8 billion people on this, planet, yeah. on this planet. And it's like, there's a lot of work and there's no possible way I could even get to 10,000 of maybe, I don't know. I may be exaggerating. But. Here's the funny part is I can multitask. So I can listen to multiple podcasts. I don't have to just listen to one. Right. <laughs> there is that too. <laughs> <laughs> that is such poverty thinking though, isn't it? It was. And it was interesting because I remember when I thought that exact same thing. And I, I thought, wow, I was actually kind of proud of myself. I thought, oh, I may have actually grown. <laughs> oh. I, I may have gotten this after all. Congratulations. <laughs> I was having an ego moment. <laughs> 
but it was interesting to me because I really don't believe that there is any competition simply because we all resonate with different healers, different, mm-hmm. different practitioners, mm-hmm. and we all have a place. We all have a place. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe in that lack anymore, I guess. No. And we resonate with different people at different times. So you might not be the healer for me today. That doesn't mean that I won't contact you in a year or two years from now. Right. Right. Because as I grow, I need different things and I resonate to different people who can help me with those things. Is that because our energy frequencies raise or lower or what is that exactly? Well, I work with people to raise their energy I know you do. frequency. <laughs> it's basic law of attraction. Like if your energy is higher, you're going to attract what you want instead of what you don't want or a bastardized version of what you want. Yeah. Um, I guess I was asking that facetiously. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is it raising it or lowering it? <laughs> I knew the answer. <laughs> I knew checking. you did. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> how do people get a hold I know, I know. We think so. <laughs> I want to ask, how do people get a hold of you? Because you have been absolutely a delight to work with personally. Aww. I just can't wait to share you with people. Well, guess what? You are a delightful person to work with. I have so much fun working with you. I'm so happy to be your coach. I always look forward to our sessions. I want more clients like you, really, because I love laughing. And when I find a client who also enjoys laughing, I think that it just elevates our energy and it makes the healing kind of speed up and get into the flow. It's just really cool. It's such a great energy. And it's so healing. When you can laugh at your own stuff, I mean, is there, is there anything better? <laughs> oh, wait now. I didn't mean that. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I've been known to laugh and cry at my own stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, at the, at the same, same time. time. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I also think it's interesting because, you know, talking about our own stuff, we tend to put healers on a pedestal. But I mean, we all have our own stuff, don't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're constantly working our own stuff. Oh, okay. This is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I knew we'd find one somewhere. <laughs> no, healers who want to get more clients, but don't want to work on themselves, don't want to do their own inner work and invest in their own inner work. That bugs the hell out of me. And, well, that person isn't going to pay me. Well, like, are you investing in yourself? Are you being a role model for them? You know, and doing your own work because God knows we're healers because we're wounded. And if we're not healing that, then how are we serving the planet, much less ourselves? I tend to believe also that if we are open and vulnerable, it gives others permission to deal with their stuff in a completely clean and clear way. Because I mean, up until recently, it's like, pardon this language, but it's like, you know, my shit, as a healer, your shit shouldn't stink. And it's just like, oh, come on. Really? Because I'm pretty sure that we all do that. And we all have baggage and we all have stuff. We just do. If you can't be open and vulnerable, why would I want to work with you? Yeah, exactly. In grad school, uh, when I was training to be a therapist, you have to go through your own counseling sessions. You have to see a therapist 
for a certain number of times. So then not only you can experience the therapeutic process with someone, but also so you can work on your own inner stuff because otherwise it gets in the way and you can't be clear with people. Got to know how to manage your own energies, how to be accountable to yourself and to others, how to be in integrity with yourself and with others. If you want to sit in a golden palace and, you know, think you're a healer, well, you got to get out there, put on your sandals and go down into the road and meet people where they're at not up in some golden tower. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that is also one of my big pet peeves as well is this perception that people are more perfect. Well, and also that those of us in the healing profession are somehow held to a higher standard. I don't think that does anybody a service. I may understand a little bit more at some point than someone else I may have. And and I think that we all have this. I may have an answer that you don't, or you may have an answer that I don't. I just, we have different perspectives and that's Mm -hmm. why we're here together. It's not that I'm better or, you know, somebody else is better than me or worse than me or whatever. But anyway, my soapbox moment. I worked with someone who had way more Mm -hmm. experience than I did. And I was a little intimidated by it. It's like, why is she coming to me? You know, what can I teach her? What can I help her with? But my perspective and my experience in my lifetime was so different from hers that I was able to come to her with a totally new outlook and be able to approach her issue because you know, we've all got them and approach her issue from my viewpoint and my outlook and see things that she wasn't seeing. I think that's the value of working with someone because even though tapping is so effective that everybody on the planet should be doing it just to keep clean and clear. Spiritual hygiene is what I call it. (laughs) You know, exactly. But it's so essential, I think, especially for healers to get somebody else to help you and to guide you and to mirror back to you what it is that you're going through because you don't know it all. You really don't. They call it a blind spot for a reason because it's blind to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh. Yeah. I laugh now. I agree. So how do people get a hold of you? Yeah. So they can email me at Linda at lindajwells.com. Go to my website. There's a free ebook on how to keep your energies clear and clean. Five easy ways to magnetize your money mojo. It's going to help you to just do that daily energy <laughs> cleaning stuff that you know keeps other people's stuff out of your space so that you can work more efficiently. Cool. I'm also offering the ancestral clearing. So I have a special going on that right now, probably at least till the end of the year. So this is normally $199 for the ancestral clearing session. It's an hour guided meditation and you get a recording with it. And I'm offering it 99 bucks. So just email me at Linda at lindajwells.com. And I'm redoing my website, so I don't have the links all in, but just email me and say you want it and I'll send you instructions on how to pay and schedule. Fabulous. And believe me, it is money so well spent. So well spent. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really it cool. It is very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. As a matter of fact, at some point I should have you on and do some tapping. 
that would be so much fun to do. Yeah, that would be cool. What would you like our guests to know as we wrap this up? Because this has been so powerful. I think never more has it been this important for each of us to be shining our light on the planet. And I'm going to start crying. (laughs) And the more we can do to heal ourselves, even if it's just 10 minutes of tapping every day, the more we elevate the energy of the planet. If you know Reiki or other energies like that, just send them to hotspots, especially Washington, Mm -hmm. (laughs) D.C., and just keep shining your light. Yeah. Shining your light, sharing your gifts, and you'll make more money. (laughs) Because what goes around does come around. Yes, it does. It all comes back around, doesn't it? Linda, thank you so much for being here with us today. I just, I so appreciate it. And I encourage people to reach out and connect with you because the work that you do is so powerful. It has been life-changing for me. And like I said, I just, I want everybody Mm. to know about you because so (laughs) gifted, so gifted. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Share this with anybody that you think could use it. And we will see you next time. Have a great week. This has been the Epic Healing Transformations Podcast. Thank you for listening. If this episode has inspired or helped in any way, subscribe and then please rate, review it, and share it with all your loved ones. We appreciate you listening and hope you've had your own Epic Healing Transformation today. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like her to answer on the air, let us know. Other listeners will appreciate the information too. Be sure to drop Michelle a line and share your thoughts, feelings, and experiences with her at Michelle at epichealingtransformations.com.